Howdy, Yokes. Before we get started today, we wanted to let you know that this episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by our patrons. We want to build this thing as big as it can be. More episodes, merchandise, events, giveaways, you name it. But we can't do it alone. If you enjoyed this episode and want more Bacon and Eggs, head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash bacon and eggs and check out our new $5 tier, which grants you access to our show after the show, The Hash Browns. We go over all sorts of stuff, but it's typically an AMA, and this week we're going over answers on how to podcast the way that we do it. It's a bonus episode in which Ethan and I answer all of your questions, and we could really use your help to make the podcast the best it can possibly be. So thank you so much for donating, and thank you even more for listening. Howdy, Yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today we're doing cardio. Or maybe we're just running for our lives. So buckle your seatbelt. And check the back seat. Because today we're bringing you... Zombieland. I just wrote here a zombie. Zombie. This movie zombie. Di- directed by Ruben Fleischer, uh, released October 2nd, 2009, a Halloween release. Who would have thought? 3,671 days ago. It's on a $23.6 million budget and it made $102.4 million worldwide. It got a staggering 90% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes and an 86% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes and a 73 on Metacritic. A staggering! Staggering, yeah. 90%. for the second week in a row, um... Think, I think Metacritic got this one the most right. God, I still think 73 is generous. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. It's like, like a 7 out of 10, I would say. Oh, disagreed. Let's get into binary reviews real quick. Give me a binary review on Zombieland. Oh, it's a zero. It's a zero to the zeroth degree. No, I wouldn't I say w- that. It's like you don't, you don't have to see it. Correct. In fact, I would probably say if you've heard a bunch of people being like, this movie's amazing, should I check it out? My advice would be, Honestly, no. Okay, it's now you're just being a hater. No, I'm not being a hater. It has no plot. Yeah, it the does. characters are not. Okay, it's got hardly a plot. This is it's honestly, the same plot as National Lampoon's Vacation. They gotta get to Pacific Playland. Yes, it's got no plot. It's got hardly any like actual zombie killing. It's mostly just a group of people blowing up stuff that's like just there. This see, this seems like your ideal zombie movie because there's hardly any zombies in it. And then like it's rated R for almost absolutely no reason whatsoever. Ever. There's like a naked lady in the opening credits and then a bunch of F-bombs, but literally no reason for this to be rated R. I guess for the gore. Is that an R thing? Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't have thought that, Uh, but I don't know. I And I also don't like, so, so let me tell you this. I'm coming in a little bit biased. I don't generally like uh, sort of like the comedy realistic. I don't know how to describe it. The type of zombies that are pictured here or uh, they're also, it's like too far slapstick. I don't know how to put it. Uh, the scary movie thing where, like, Anna Ferris is like... Whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. This is not scary movie level of garbage. No, no, but it's it's sort of the same as this. Also, have you watched um, Santa Clarita Diet at all? No, I still haven't. Okay, Since, it's like, two like weeks that. ago when I you asked know, me this, about Santa Clarita Diet. Like, casual gore is, I guess, how I would describe it. I don't know. It just doesn't do it for me. And I know that a lot of people like this kind of thing, and they think, they go, oh my gosh, that's so funny. It's just a zombie eating somebody out in the middle of the street. That's hilarious. To me, it's just like, that's a weird way to do this. 
I'm not a huge fan. I much prefer. And like, so you really I, I, locked in on the gore in this movie. You you just said I don't get why it's rated R for gore, and then you start talking immediately about the gore. The gore doesn't like it doesn't bother me in that it's like gross or anything, it, or that I think it needs to be like more parental supervision is required. This is like literally just like a, when I see this in films, I do not like it. It's it's definitely not like a founded. It's bad for this reason thing. It's just like a this does not tickle my fancy. Well, thing. It's just part of the genre. I know it's part of the genre, and and this this part of the genre doesn't do it for me. But I don't feel like those scenes require any more level of parental guidance for this film. I don't think they do either. I think this is rated R for the language. There's language and the naked lady at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was pointless to include. That's the reality of zombie movies, though. What, naked ladies? Yeah, people people losing their clothes. But it was the zombie that was naked. I don't know. Yes, that's weird. what I'm saying. It's part of the uh, breakdown of society. Yeah. I also felt like they were like, Woody Harrelson's this butt kicker, and he does all the kicking of butt and all the land. And it's like, he just breaks a bunch of stuff. He kills like three zombies on screen. I mean, and then, he, of he course, he beat that zombie to death with a banjo. <laughs> sure. <laughs> he was like, you got a pretty mouth. <laughs> I don't know. It just didn't seem that like I was expecting. Maybe it's because I've seen uh, Kingsman, but I was expecting more of that here. I mean, I wouldn't say they're super dissimilar movies. I would. Kingsman has a great plot. I mean, these are two movies. Kingsman and this are both movies that were like they're and Edgar Wright movies made over the and, telephone. Yeah, right. Matthew Vaughn was like, okay, okay, and then <laughs> okay, <laughs> and, and it was like, here's the thing. This would be an Edgar Wright zombie movie if there wasn't already one of those. What's that Gerard Zombie movie? Shaun of the Dead. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. This. I, so I've never. But that's like a direct like. I think I've seen the Comedy Central version of Shaun of the Dead, and and it's been well, more than ten. Uh, Shaun of the Dead is like a direct satire. Like it is. It is straight up ripping off Dawn of the Dead. Right. This but is I a think... genre satire as opposed to like a specific movie satire. But this is this is a genre that I love, and I love this movie because it is like. It lacks the horror elements that make those movies hard to watch. So you didn't have a single scene in this movie where you were a little tense. No. See, I would say first time around, even even me, the you know, I don't I don't do any horror at all, and I would get anytime there was like a person alone in a room with a tight shot, I was like, okay, I'm tense. Well, I, I don't remember. It's been a this movie's been out for ten years. It's been a long time since I saw this movie for the first time. It was yesterday for me that I saw. So this I, the I first don't know time. what I felt like the first time watching it, but like this. This movie definitely lacks the second time around uh, sort of I will also grant that that almost definitely I'm missing some of the nostalgic value here that I'm sure people who saw it in 2009 have. Well, it was it, it was that and like, you know, I remember being in a sleepover at three o'clock in the morning at uh, Evan Cameron's house watching 28 Days Later and we were like 13. Right. And like, that's a proper horrifying movie. I, I don't do horror. I saw Us by Myself in a cold theater and that's that was like... That was a big deal, and that was pretty mild horror. Yeah, I saw Get Out by myself. Um, well, not by myself. I was in a packed theater full of people, but I was like, I was alone. Right. <coughs> I Get Out. I, Jordan Peele's horror, I actually really like. I, really, I like A Quiet Place, too. Um, I don't like most traditional horror, though. Yeah, same. Um, and that's why, that's why I like this movie, is because it replaces the... And they're not... I mean, they're not fantastic comedic beats, but it replaces a lot of the horror beats with comedic beats. Yeah, I do feel like... So, Jesse Eisenberg, was this before The Social Network? Uh, it was after, I'm pretty sure. I tell you what, the dude does not have comedy chops in this. Uh, no, no, I don't think he was the best. That was 2010, so this was before. Yeah, this was like an audition But it was tape. like... <clears throat> I think they, they had already decided that he was good, because the Facebook joke was definitely not unintentional. Oh, yeah, I, I thought that was clearly purposeful. Um, no, I didn't think Jesse Eisenberg kind of figured something out between the making this and the making of uh, Now You See Me. Can I tell you, uh... 
Yeah, you can tell me whatever you want, dude. This is your podcast. I know. This is something that I don't think that you would have expected uh, or a view piece that I often wouldn't say. But uh, clocking in at 88 minutes, this movie is too short. Really? Yeah. There is there is a three three minute at minimum action sequence of Woody Harrelson actually shooting zombies inside of the uh, kiosk of the yeah. that I, I I need I have to have and it's not there yeah I could have used probably 10 more minutes of that scene yeah if you're gonna make this huge climax and all of the marketing around the theme park scene I need I need more and I need a little bit more suspense that like oh my gosh maybe they're not gonna make it and maybe the fact that I've seen the previews for the sequel and know that all four cast members make it like right that was certainly yeah. you know like oh uh, no worries here uh, I also would have liked one of the four people to die i don't think that was ever gonna happen i mean well, it's, they, it's 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 not like a horror movie i know but like uh you could have you could have built a little bit more storyline into woody harrelson losing his son and then you know he has this new moment with jesse eisenberg who's like oh you're kind of like a son to me you know why they well he has that moment with the kid with, with uh, the kid with, with, with little rock okay you could have given me more of that give me a little bit more of that and then at the end he goes in for the saving moment but instead locks himself in the kiosk takes out a bunch of them runs out of ammo drops grenades and blows everybody up that i would have taken it that's the end of i am legend i am legend's different though it's got this cool arc where the where the zombies become human and the human becomes zombies yeah you ever read the book no is it awesome yeah it's really good for i, I love legend, I not legend. zombie land I, w- I would say i am legend is my favorite zombie movie oh uh, it's between that and 20 days later for me I, to be fair, I have seen very little in the zombie genre. I've seen a bunch of them. Um, I, I really like, there's something about the whole genre. It's like, I don't particularly like horror, and I sort of sit through the horror parts of the zombie movies because I like zombie movies. What do you think of uh, the show, The Walking Dead? The Walking Dead? I loved it for the first four seasons. I thought it was a great, because it's 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 the same, like Breaking Bad is basically a zombie show. Breaking Bad is awesome. Yeah, it is. But it's the same deal with like, that's the kind of thing you get is like humanity at its worst trying to survive. Yeah, but the problem is that it's not zombies, it's crystal meth. Right, right, right. But I, I loved The Walking Dead for the first few seasons. Now, it, it, the, the the same thing that happened to every TV show ever except Breaking Bad happened to The Walking Dead, and they just completely lost the thread. But it's like it had it had very good. The first three seasons are pretty pretty freaking good. It had some very good moments. And I've heard the last couple seasons kind of hold back up, but they definitely lost me there for a while. And it was due in no small part to the fact that like I caught up on the show and then was being required to watch it, and it came on during chapter. Right, like watch it on television. Right, and it came on like Sunday nights at 8 p.m. And so that just didn't happen. And then that was like season five, and I just never picked it back up. I think it's done now, though, and I think I will go back and revisit it now that it's like it's not going to get any longer. It was a lot. I remember we watched it on a chapter retreat, and I remember just the... It happened to be the episode that we turned it on. It looked like the most low-budget, crappy television show. I mean, it looked like Power Rangers from the 90s. I think that was pretty much the last episode I ever watched. Really? Yeah, we were like in Rappahannock. No, and- no, 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 this was, uh, well, I mean, that, that could be the case, but this was at Paul's house. Oh, I don't remember that. It would have been like right before we turned on Love Actually, which, yeah, that's fraternity retreats. Just in case anybody's curious, my love for the film Love Actually comes from a fraternity retreat. That's fair. I know, but like if people were out there thinking like, oh, frats only do like man stuff. I don't think there's anything wrong with a man watching Love Actually. I wouldn't call that man stuff. Are we doing that? Is that our Christmas movie this year? God, I love Love Actually. I love that movie so much. We're going to have to force our fans to watch another rated R film. That'd be three this holiday season. What else? This. This is sequel. We're not doing the sequel. Yes, we are. No, we're not. We're not? When are we doing the sequel? I thought we were doing the sequel after Hocus Pocus next week. Oh, we are? That's that's a really long uh, holdout for that, that sequel. 
Well, hey, people are still seeing it. It's still doing well. Well, at the... let's let's get through Hocus Pocus next week and then decide. It's gonna be a maybe because uh, I know Frozen comes out soon. Yeah, I just figured we would just do this one while the sequel was out, and then, like, if there was a call for it, eventually get back around to the sequel. I don't know that the sequel's doing very well. No idea. Um, let's see what that, that, let's see where it's clocking in at. I know Joker's doing well, but we're not gonna pay to see that. I will see it for free at some point. What'd mm-hmm. you think of the moment where Jesse Eisenberg drops the hammer on the clown? I, you, you got 87 minutes of movie, you could have given me a two-minute revisit of the clown thing between the beginning and end, put somewhere in the second act. What do you mean? They did revisit it. When? That's, that's, it, it comes back. I don't know what you're saying. It's got the opening where he's like, the one thing I'm more afraid of than zombies is clowns. Right. And then at the very end, there's a clown. Give me one more scene to remind me of the clowns. Okay. I, I'm not saying this is a fantastically, man, 67%. That's higher than I would have thought on, on, uh, Zombieland Double Tap. Oh, I also thought the rules appearing on the screen over and over again was the least interesting. Ah, oh, not a fan of the text on screen here. No, are I like you? tech. I like text on screen. Yeah, I I, I do sometimes. I These rules it. are stupid though. Rule one: cardio. Just run, dude. I mean, I would agree. Just run, but that's what he's doing. I don't know. I liked the rules. I didn't have a problem with that. I've always thought it was one of the charming and uh, interesting parts of this movie. And he like you see him. He he adds the rule for for Tallahassee. Yeah, to to appreciate the little appreciate things. the little things in life. It's like it's those small moments. What did Man, you I think sound of the Dale, terrible right now? I'm listening to my own Dale, voice in this microphone. The Dale Senior, uh, the three on all the cars that they drive. What did you think of that? I thought that was a funny thing. Yeah, I mean that was that just it, it tracks with the character for sure. You know, they, they, they sort of try to force the uh, try to force the character development here a little bit, and I think that's a decent way to to force it. Like it, it tells you a lot about who's gonna step out of that car. Yeah. And then there's the question where you're like, uh, did it come with the three on it? And then he paints the three on the next car and you're like, okay, he painted. This is his thing on the Hummer. He does the three. That's his thing. Okay. That's his thing. That and the the, the Twinkie thing. Oh God. God, am I over that? (laughs) What do you mean? Oh, what a stupid motivation. It's, it's the little things, man. That's his whole thing. I guess. Twinkie. Who doesn't like snowballs? Me. Snowballs are gross. I don't like coconut. It's not the flavor. It's the consistency. I've never related harder to a character than when he said that. I felt seen the first time. I don't like snowballs. They're not good. I don't like Almond Joys. I don't like Mounds. Not a coconut guy. Okay. Here's a here's the thing. I know I'm just poking holes in it, and I don't want to. I don't want to spend the whole time poking holes in it because I did laugh and I thought it was funny. And and there are worse ways to spend your 90 minutes. Ah. So take take with what you will that information. I really would hold on. I want to talk about something here real quick. I really yeah, would have thought it was longer than eighty eight minutes because there's it's a not. scene, um, like when they're the, the 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 scene that they're in Bill Murray's house just like it starts to drag after a while. The whole I knew the whole I knew Emma Stone Jesse Eisenberg thing. I knew immediately they were gonna kill Bill Murray. Yeah. Oh, he's dressed as a zombie. Somebody's gonna shoot him. Yeah. And then when he was like walking into the theater and he was like, oh, I'll mess with them. I'll scare him. I was like, how do you think this is gonna go for? Right. You? Like, why would you scare somebody in the apocalypse? Right. And then when he's dying and he's like, uh, I'm dying. I don't know. I that whole thing was just silly and stupid. I mean, the movie's supposed to be silly. Yeah, but I mean, Osmosis Jones has better acting. That's not true at all. That movie's terrible. Osmosis Jones. Oh my God. Chris Rock, Bill Murray, somebody else playing the pill. That guy. Who's playing the pill? I don't now know. I gotta know. I gotta know. I can't remember. I got it. Be like uh, Robert Downey Jr. It's not Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> is is who's? It's Lawrence Fishburne. It's David Hyde Pierce. Oh, you're right. Lawrence Fishburne is track is Thrax. Yeah. This is a heck of a cast. Who is David Hyde Pierce? Oh, he's Frazier. This is a heck of a cast. 
No, he's not Frazier. He's Niles. That's Kelsey Grammer's Frazier. It's Niles from Frazier. Why did this movie happen? Osmosis Jones, 55% on the tomometer, tomato meter. What's crazy is Bill Murray's not like one of the top. He's not even in this billing. He's the top build on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. You know what? This is Bill Murray uh, spending 95 minutes on a film that made $12 million. It's not very much. I would have thought this was more. But was it Osmosis Jones like direct to DVD? Uh no, it, it had a in theaters August tenth two thousand one wide release. It really got a the terrorism thing sort of had an effect on it. Yeah, I believe it. People weren't feeling Osmosis Jones come September oh one. I mean, I I remember this movie. I, I think I owned it on DVD. I think it was like one of the first movies I had on DVD. I've I've seen it more than once. I believe I have as well. But I, it's never it's never been like oh man, gotta go watch Osmosis Jones again. There was a show it's after the, there was a movie. It's the kind of movie that the McElroys talk about with great fondness, which means it's bad. I, I know that I know there was a show after the movie, and I remember liking the show. I didn't watch didn't the show. Chris Rock. Well, yeah, the show usually doesn't. It doesn't have the big name voice actor the big they name got guys the that you got in there, yeah. I bet Bill Shatner would have done it. Maybe. I don't know what he was doing at that point in his life. Anyway, um... You had a, a thing. You're going to poke a hole in it. Oh, so the big thing is the double tap, right? I mean, it's it's a thing. It, but it comes back over and over and over again. Like, you got to double tap him. You got to double tap him. There was such a good moment there at the end when they are, they get off the, like, the drop tower and the zombie falls and Jesse just saved them or Columbus or whatever. And they don't double tap the zombie. So he kisses her. I was so ready for, oh, what a satisfying return to the beginning when the girl that comes over to his apartment, tries to eat him. Now Emma Stone's going to get bit in the leg right here at the end. Right, but you can't kill Emma Stone. I know you can't she kill Emma like Stone. She was like the hot ticket at this point. Oh, I know. <coughs> this was before La La Land. This is well before La La Land. Yeah, yeah. This was like Easy A. Great movie. You know what's crazy about Easy A? I think if I revisited it, I would like it a lot. First time around, I was very lukewarm. I mean, it's a little bit like too self-referential for sure. Because the whole thing, it's just like her life is like every 80s movie. Right. It's like the dude rides up with the boombox on a lawnmower at the end. So she was almost nobody at this point. This is prior to Easy A. Her first three certified films were Superbad, Zombieland, Easy A. So yeah, but she clearly, was the girl in Superbad. Yeah, which was two years prior. And then she was in The Rocker, which was... Uh, you remember The Rocker? Um, Probably. This was... um. That name sounds familiar, but, like, that's a time period of, like, comedy movies that can mostly just stop existing. So this was Rain Wilson gets cast in a part that was yep. written for uh, yep. Jack Black. Yep. That's... I remember that. Yeah. Uh, the House Bunny with uh, Anna Faris. Hey, she was in Marmaduke. Marmaduke? Hey, there we go. Yeah, Big 9%. Dogs. Wow. Man, I would have had high hopes for Marmaduke. Yep. I would have loved a world where there's a great Marmaduke movie. Oh, uh, that ain't it, Chief. That's not the one. Crazy Stupid Love is really good. The did help you, was good. Hold on. How did you, des how did you describe Marmaduke? Uh, not it, Chief. No, you said, wow. Yeah. Owen Wilson was Marmaduke. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Sorry, I didn't realize. Well, <laughs> that's like a thing that people know. No, oh, I didn't know that. That's why I said, wow, because wow. it's an Owen Wilson movie. I love He's Owen the Wilson. dog. She was in a movie called Ghost the of Girlfriend's Past. The problem is, Marmaduke was a, a movie that should have been about a golden retriever, but was instead about a Great Dane too soon on the heels of the Scooby-Doo movies. Okay, for one thing, Scooby-Doo movies are golden. For two, Marmaduke literally is a Great Dane. Based on what? Marmaduke was a cartoon. It was? I okay. believe so. Excuse me. It was a comic. Sure. I don't know. I didn't watch the Owen Wilson movie about the dog. <laughs> he was a comic that looks suspiciously like You know what else like I didn't watch? I didn't watch that movie where Kevin Spacey was a cat either. No, I don't think I did either. 
I don't think it came out. You know, it might not. I have. think it was like a, I think it was like a, we're gonna uh, we're gonna announce this. We're gonna do, you market it and everything. Then Kevin Spacey was like, I hate gay people or whatever. Also, he, I'm gay. Whatever he did, I don't remember what Kevin Spacey did at this point. But um, oh no, he uh, yeah, he got his his, his gations and um. And then they were like, I don't think this movie's going to come. I, but do you remember that? That was the Kevin Spacey movie where Kevin Spacey was like turned into a cat by a witch. Fun fact. Yeah. It's it's available. It, what's it called? Nine lives. Nine 14%. lives. 14%. 14%. Critics consensus, not meow, not ever. <laughs> Poor Jennifer Garner. Jennifer Garner stays being in okay movies. Brutal. She was in Ghost of Girlfriend's Past with Matthew McConaughey and Emma Stone. Yep, she stays being in okay movies. She's been in a lot of okay movies, but she was but in Catch like, Me If You Can. Emma Stone was in uh, Juno. Like they, they made those two movies. Emma Stone was in Juno. No. Oh no, Jennifer Garner was the in Juno. Yeah, she was the she was the adopting mom. I was like, who is Emma Stone in Juno? She's Emma Stone. Emma oh. Page. But it's like uh, it's like Emma Stone was in Gangster Squad the same year that they made American Hustle with Amy Adams playing the Emma Stone part in American Hustle. So like she just got really unlucky with that one. She was also in... Oh, you're talking about Emma Stone. I was thinking of Jennifer Garner. Jennifer Garner, speaking of Oscar films starring actresses we're naming, uh, Jennifer Garner was in Dallas Buyers Club. I mean, she's definitely been in some hitters. I love Jennifer Garner. She was an alias. That was a great J.J. Abrams show for like six seasons. And then it was a bad J.J. Abrams show for a few seasons. I don't know. I've always been a big Emma Stone fan. I've been a proponent since day one. People have been haters, for sure. But I've been an Emma Stone proponent since Superbad. I love Superbad, dude. See, Superbad's got great reviews. Uh, I, somebody described, I guess you never saw Booksmart, but somebody described Booksmart to me as, it's just Superbad. And I was like, okay, but is that a bad thing? No, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> I think Superbad was still one of Seth Rogen's finest moments. I don't know, Seth Rogen's some good stuff. There was a recent, I saw a recent um, interview with Bill Hader about his decision to turn down... He didn't ever say what role it was, but he turned down like the leading role in some big movie or what was supposed to be a big movie that ended up tanking to play cop number two in Superbad. Nice. And he was like, yeah, that was that was my moment. Like, that was what did it for me. I was Bill Hader after that. And that man is a treasure. Bill Hader is a treasure. You seen Barry no, yet? He's, what? Have you seen Barry yet? No, no, I don't have time for your, for new TV shows. Oh, no, you got to watch Barry, man. Fantastic. Would, without looking it up, how do you spell Seth Rogen? Uh, S-E-T-H space R-O-G-E-N. Dang. Okay. I spend more time talking about Seth Rogen than I think is deserved by Seth Rogen. He comes up know, a man, lot in my daily life. Man w had a stretch after Knocked Up. He was in Knocked Up, Superbad, Spiderwick Chronicles, and Horton Hears a Hue, which were all certified fresh. Takes a step down as a screenwriter for Drillbit Taylor. Comes back, Kung Fu Panda 1. Seth Rogen was a screenwriter fresh. on Drillbit Taylor? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. What a... Ugh. I love Owen Wilson. I hate Owen Wilson. I despise him. I, I think Owen Wilson is one of my favorite actors. He's my least favorite Wilson. You like Luke Wilson I definitely over like Owen? Luke more than Owen, for sure. Oh, man. Couldn't disagree more. Could not here's, disagree Here's my more. thing with Seth Rogen movies. Seth Rogen movies are always like, like you, you, not necessarily written or directed by Seth, Seth Rogen, but like movies that star Seth Rogen in the leading role doing that thing that he does. <laughs> They're always like right, right there, right on the cusp of being good and just miss it. There's too much of something. Did you see Longshot? I did. I loved Longshot. I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was 81% Too good. much. It was too much. 
Fred Flarsky. Yeah, it was un. His character was too over the top. I disagree. I thought. I think because I have like absolutely no connection with the world of marijuana. That when people talk about it as casually as all of his characters do, it like it's like speaking a different language. See, that's it's, the thing it, is, I'm just over the weed jokes and the fart jokes. And the like, I'm a fat guy that can't get laid jokes. I'm I'm also over all of those things, but I also but like, like knocked up is a is a is a is a ninety percent. Knocked up is a treasure. Revisit it's knocked not, up if you don't remember. It's not a treasure. Knocked up is really really genuinely good. Uh, it's Donnie not. Darko, great. Anchorman, great. Forty year old virgin, great. You mean Dupree? Wouldn't honestly, put, hold on. Wouldn't put Anchorman: The Legend of Ron Burgundy on the shoulders of Seth Rogen. <laughs> No, no, he plays eager cameraman. <laughs> and I remember his role, but I it wouldn't I wouldn't hang that one on his shoulders. I also wouldn't hang Donnie Darko on his shoulders. No, I wouldn't either, but he is in it. 40-year-old virgin, and he's eh, a producer there. Eh, hard eh. Spiderwick Chronicles. We're so far off of Zombieland. No, uh Seth no, Rogen's not is... even in Zombieland. Yeah, he's not I even mean... Zombieland adjacent. <laughs> I would say he's Zombieland adjacent. No, if this if this movie had Seth Rogen in it, it would have been a 12%. If you replace Woody Harrelson with Seth Rogen, 12%. Paul replace... Blart Mall Cop levels. I'm trying to think of where he'd fit here. He wouldn't. I think he would. No, you he have would've... to you have to start from scratch and write a character around Seth Rogen. Yeah. That's why I liked him in Superbad, because he was just like, he was cop number one. You're right. He was Officer Michaels. Yeah. You need to revisit Superbad. I'm sure I do. I I, I don't remember disliking Superbad. I do remember it's watching one of those, Superbad. But it's one of those touchstone movies that you need to like be, you need to have a working knowledge of Superbad to exist in like the, I'm a white dude that makes a funny podcast about movies. About movies. I have a working knowledge of Superbad. McLovin. See, I know it. I know it. Christmas plots. Uh, that, was the ga- you, that was what gave us Jonah Hill. Let me tell you, I'm going through the, the history here i don't remember the spider wet chronicles apparently got great reviews uh zach and mary make a porno see. was funny uh i did not express like zach and mary make a porno i didn't like pineapple express uh Monster i don't like stepbrothers i didn't like i know he was sporting goods manager and stepbrothers but i'm just gonna maintain i totally like stepbrothers that much funny people was about truman taylor of... got a 26 percent tyler I've never seen it. I don't know. You said, oh, I love Owen Wilson. I do love Owen Wilson. Thank you for reminding me. Uh, 26%. Okay, well, let's go through. um, Let's check on. You know what? You know what animated series? You know what animated series we need to revisit? And by revisit, I mean visit for the first time because how on earth are there so many good reviews in this series? Is it Kung Fu Panda? It's Kung Fu Panda. It's exactly what it is. You know, one of my like comedy idols is Jack freaking Black. Owen Wilson is in much more rotten things than he is fresh things. Oh, I'm sure. But I like Owen Wilson. I think most of the movies he's in are bad, but that doesn't mean that he's bad. Same thing with Jack Black, though. Here's I like Owen about- Wilson in uh, in Wes Anderson movies, and that's about it. Oh, no. I like his silly movies. I'll tell you what's one surprising thing. Go to Jack Black. Hold on. Armageddon's a 38%? History. Armageddon blows. Uh, no, it does not. Do it does a, a 38% favorite. blow. Go, go to Jack Black. Look starting in i'd say you can go back as far as 2007 to present unbelievable certified fresh numbers jack black doesn't do a whole lot of movies is the thing like i think that jack black probably 2007 to 2019 it's like 20 something movies i know i'm just saying like i think he probably like pick picks and chooses his uh things a little carefully a little more carefully than Owen Wilson does. Well, yeah, I think Owen Wilson likes to work. I think uh, Jack Black has a video games, beer drinking, band touring sort of thing he's got going on as well. So where am I looking from? Like 2007 forward. There was a stretch in the mid-2000s that wasn't so hot well, for I mean, him. Let's, and then let's be early fair, career like, was bad. Like, like, like what, what would you say? 2007 forward. No, but you said what was bad? Early career Jack Black was not good. Well, I mean, 
But when we, but uh, this is this is where I start to disagree with uh, with Rotten Tomatoes a little bit, because like I um well, let's see, I watched Nacho Libre with my eyes. Uh, that's about as good as I'll say about it. I enjoyed it in two thousand four. I I refuse to watch it ever again. Uh, but like today's D, the Pick of Destiny, great movie. The Holiday is actually a good movie, and this is a forty nine percent. Holiday is that, genuinely that good. will yeah that will stomp your heart into small heart pieces. Pick of Destiny is I think. Uh, was like designed for a cult before it ever came to theater oh, so sure. i think if it like if you and and i'm in the cult right i'm i'm all in on the d but like uh, the holiday deserves more than 49 i'm sorry jude law freaking uh cameron diaz kate winslet and jack black that's a cast I'm not arguing those are three hot people in jack black <laughs> um which is exactly what the plot of that movie is like Kung Fu Panda, Tropic Thunder, uh, Year Tropic One Thunder didn't do well. Gulliver's Travels actually was watchable much more than the original version of Year Gulliver's One Travels. Was not. No, no, I'm sure it wasn't. Jack Black and Michael Sarah. Yes, this looks exactly like the Jack Black Michael Sarah what movie. Is I would imagine. Bernie. 88%. Oh, I remember this movie. I don't remember what it is, but I remember this picture. It's Richard Linklater. This does look good. Like, go to. Did you go to the IMDb page for it? Yeah, I, did. I remember well, the on, picture uh, that's at the top, but I don't know anything about this movie. Got eight million dollars. Looks like it's a, it's a proper... And the Jumanji movies are delightful. Well, the Jumanji the, movie. The first Jumanji movie ranks as honestly a contender for like one of my favorite movies. Yeah, d- just delightful. I wish Definitely this didn't come out at Christmas the, like, so we could like review them. I mean, we can. We could do four movies at Christmas if we wanted to. What? We could do four new films at Christmas if we wanted to. I mean, I guess. But it comes out like, like Jumanji the Next Level comes out like December 27th. I don't know. I love, love the first one. Well, the first in the in the new series of Jumanji. I guess it's a continuation, but you know what I mean. I love both the original Jumanjis. Yes, I, I, well, like I love the, the original, original one and the, and the new one. Right. There's not a bad Jumanji film, is what I'm trying no, to say. No, there's not, but I very much expected Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle to suck hard. Yeah, yeah, I, I did like, not expect... Like, the trailers expect... make it look like it sucked. Well, and Karen Gillan, mm. very rarely in a part that I'm a fan of. Here's the problem. What you got? Uh, no, it's not a problem. Never mind. Uh, I was going to say it was a problem because it's December 13th that this comes out. And I was thinking that was um, up against Star Wars. I honestly think Star Wars is going to get people to the theater and Jumanji will get them to come back. Well, no, I just meant for us to review it. I thought it was going to be like the same week as Star Wars. I think we could do both either way. I think if they came out on the same day, we could just do one one week and the other the next week. We'll Obviously, about. Star Wars first. We'll figure it out. Okay. Um. So yeah, let's, let's get back to at least somebody's IMDb page that's actually in the movie we're covering. It's not Kevin Spacey. No, not Kevin Spacey. Bad person so to the, talk about. So the the the, the number one A lister per Tallahassee, Bill Murray. What do you think of the Bill Murray fandom? Obviously, I think much stronger in 2009 than it is in 2019. Could be that I'm not in college anymore, and so the Bill Murray fandom doesn't seem as strong now. Well, Bill uh, Murray what, hasn't what, done much recently. Why would he? Oh, uh, he has a clothing line called the William Murray Collection. Because uh, I mean, Wes Anderson just hasn't called him. Uh, he let's see. He in uh, what year is this? He did do 2018. He was in I Love Dogs. Yeah, Wes Anderson. That's what I'm um, saying. He there there is. Let's see. 2019. He uh, narrated a documentary about caddies. I believe that he did a very Murray Christmas, which somehow the Netflix special that somehow is a 70 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. According to this, oh no, that's the Bill Murray experience. Very Murray Christmas. Maybe, maybe I was expecting Caddyshack and Ghostbusters. I, I just, I, got, I, I might have to revisit it because when I watched it in 2015, I remember being extremely disappointed. I remember being like, not just disappointed, like mad, angry. How Bill, Murray Bill Murray is in like he's got the sort of like Pixar spread going on here. Where like Bill Murray is in very good things and very bad things. Pixar's worst movie isn't really that bad. No, but it's but it's like it's it's a, it's like there's no movies in the 80s. They're either Correct. good or bad. Correct. 
He's binary. And let's be real, like, Cars 2 should be, like, a 4%. It's not not uh, really worth your time. Um, Like, Rock the Casbah, 8%. Grand Budapest, 91%. Monuments Men, not great. Moonrise Kingdom, great. Passion Play, 3%. Made $2.6,000 at the box office. With yep. Megan Fox, Bill Murray, and Mickey Rourke. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, Bill Murray has no rules. He was Garfield. He was Garfield. But yeah, I mean, the Bill Murray fandom has definitely waned. He's gotten a lot more like, I'm going to do Wes Anderson movies. And like, less people watch those than than most things. <laughs> I think what's interesting to me, like I'm, I'm all in for the for the Wes Anderson movies, and you know, if you want to do film Twitter and and, and do the whole thing, I'm I'm great with that. Uh, what I, he went back for a second Garfield movie. What I don't understand is why oh, you're that not Garfield doing... paycheck had to be so nice. Is the thing? Oh yeah, seventy five. That, that fat Garfield money <laughs> paid exclusively in lasagna. No, he probably got paid in lots of American dollars. <laughs> <laughs> what about Bob? Groundhog Day back to back. Oh man! I mean, there was a there was a uh, he had a career, man. Original Ghostbusters. What a freaking film! I tell you what, if we don't want to do uh, Zombie Land two, Buffalo I would Roma seventeen percent. I wouldn't say no to another round of Ghostbusters. That's for sure. If we're doing one more ghost movie, uh, Ghostbusters. I actually was gonna make this argument today on Twitter that Ghostbusters is not a Halloween movie just because it has ghosts in the title. I think it is. I don't think it is. Ghostbusters is an all-year movie. I think that's what makes it so great. Yeah, but like, uh, that means it doesn't need to be confined to Halloween. But that doesn't mean it's not for Halloween. Yeah, it does. That's that's exactly what that means. Halloween uh, movies are bad, okay? Like, for the most part, Halloween movies are bad. It's like a subset of movies that we try to ignore all year, and ABC Family is like, hey, this is our time to shine. It's called Freeform. It's been like three years. Okay, whatever. I don't watch TV. I'm just telling you. Freeform's a stupid name. I agree. I prefer Disney Plus. And man, dude, I watched the preview for Disney Plus the other yeah, day. Yeah, I heard about it. You cried. Congratulations. I cried. Dude, would you like a yeah. medal for crying at a streaming service promo? I would. Yeah. If that's an option. If they're giving out medals for that, I would be one of those deserving of such a medal. In fact, I'm going to try it again right now, see if I can get through it. <laughs> what even is it? It's just this thing where it's like we're all united in one place now. Ghostbusters came out in June. June. How did it do in June? It got $295 million against a $25 million budget in 1984. So it did pretty good. Yeah. I'm looking forward to November 12th, Ethan. I mean, it's it's Bill Murray. It's Dan Aykroyd. It's Sigourney Weaver. It's Rick Moranis. It's Harold Ramis. It's, um, um. <sighs> okay, you can say what you want about this cast, but this cast is this cast because they were in Ghostbusters together. <sighs> Ernie Hudson. Yep, that's it. Ernie Hudson nailed it. Got it in one. Wasn't looking at it. No. Nope. Oh, that was. I'm so proud of myself. No, they were not. It, like they, they all, they had careers, man. <clears throat> Dan Aykroyd was in the freaking Blues Brothers. That's true. He man, was Elwood Blues. He was uh, SNL for a long time, wasn't he? Or is that? Yeah. I, yeah. You know, one of these days, people so are going to be like, Murray. Tyler was on SNL for a long time. I think Bill Murray was on SNL, wasn't he? No, I might Bill be Murray was never on SNL. What? He didn't. Not as a cast member, for sure. Bill Murray officially joined the cast of NBC Saturday Night Live for the show's second season following the departure of Chevy Chase. Murray was with SNL for three seasons from 1977 to 1980. I would have never known that. Also, what the heck, Chevy Chase? One season, one and done? Yeah, Chevy Chase is a dick. No, Chevy Chase is great. No, he's like a horrible person. 
what does he do that's horrible? People the hate working movies? with him. He's like a miserable person to work with. Well, he's a he's a very serious actor. You know, he's he works hard on these roles. He's like the Pillsbury Doughboy. He makes a heck of a role. Listeners, you can't see the face I made thinking about Chevy Chase working hard as Clark Griswold. <laughs> he's gotta he's gotta build that pool in his backyard and get the bonus. Get the bonus. But no, people like hate working with Chevy Chase. So I wouldn't be surprised if Lauren Michaels was like, dude, I, I, get out. Just just leave. But also, I think in early days, Saturday Night Live, they were like, this is, what is this? We don't know what this thing looks like yet. Oh, I know. They weren't 40 years into it. Like, okay, Keenan Thompson, we've got that. What else? Right. This thing is working. Keenan Thompson coming back to Nickelodeon to produce and star in all that. Have you heard about this? I have not. That's good news. Isn't that good news? That a is, sketch comedy for kids. I feel like that's a whole genre that's been lost for 20 years. Yeah, since all that ended. Yeah. Since the Amanda show ended. Yeah. I love sketch comedy. I think about bits from all that and the Amanda show pretty much every day. I think that's such a weird thing because I also do. And I, I grew up a Nickelodeon kid, right? Like Same. I would say my TV watching. I know we've talked about this before, but we have such a Disney fandom in our following. And I, I definitely subscribe to Disney more than Nick or Cartoon Network now. But I would say my TV watching growing up was got to be at least 70% Nickelodeon. Yeah, because the stuff that was on Cartoon Network when we were kids was crazy. The stuff that was on Cartoon Network was cartoons. It was not television for children. No, but it also wasn't not television for children. Some shows were for kids. Courage right, the Cowardly like, it was, Dog. It was exa- yeah, those, Courage the Cowardly Dog was a terrifying show. Yeah, I could not watch that. I would watch certain episodes of that show and be like, oh. I still have nightmares about that show. Yeah, I'm going to have nightmares tonight. That's how we're doing it. Um, But like, I really like Powderpuff Girls or Powerpuff Girls. Powerpuff, Power. Yeah. Power. That's a show for kids. That's a show for kids. That's a good show. Yeah. Uh, so I would watch that. I loved the like codename Kids Next Door. I That's, thought that it, had like a really way, cool war to it. Whether they're for kids or not, the stuff on on Cartoon Network was just insane. Yes, and I like Dragon Ball Z and Yu Gi Oh and Pokemon. I used to love, Tsunami, so and, and, that was all good. You know, when I was when I was a little bit older, um, after I sort of stopped like watching, when I stopped being like home during the day to watch cartoons and stuff. It, but it was like, you know, I was still, yeah, you know, I was going to school and still like going to my grandma's house after school. I, she had a channel that would play nothing but Nickelodeon game shows all day. Yeah, it yeah, was, like, it was Nick Gas, Nick Gas, yeah. And so I would just yeah, like watch yeah. episodes of like Legends of the Hidden Temple from 1980 something, and like I think if you double dare and guts, they're not going to remaster those though. So if you were watching today, it would be like. I honestly think you would have such a hard time watching it if you turned it on today on, like, your proper television. Oh, for sure. It's the same way with the old Saturday Night Live episodes. Yeah, it is exactly the same thing. It's like thing, I, tried to I, watch the, uh, I tried to watch the original, like, Celebrity Jeopardy, Will Ferrell and uh, whoever it is playing Sean Connery. And it's, yeah. like, it's from, like, 1990 or something like and that. Like, it just looks terrible. It's, like, unwatchable. 90, 99. Yeah. It wasn't 90. Will Ferrell wasn't anybody in 1990. I know. Late bloomer. Make, gives me hope that one day my acting career is going to take off. Was he? Would we call him a late bloomer? How old was he when Old School came out? I don't know. Hang on. I don't keep up with how old Will Ferrell is off the dome. He's like old now. Old School came out a while ago, bud. He's 52. I know. Old School came out. He 52 is younger than I would have thought. Old School. 2003? That doesn't seem possible. So yeah, he would have been like, what, 20? No, 33, 34? That doesn't seem possible. How long after that was Anchorman? That's what I want to know. Anchorman was 2003. Nah. Pretty sure. 2004. Yeah, Old School came out in 03. 93 minutes. There you go. Another example of uh, a short film. Elf and Old School, same year. Starsky and Hutch, Anchorman, same year. It was, a Jan- it was in Zoolander in 01. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back in 01. 
Drowning Mona in 2000. I've actually seen that movie. Night at the Roxbury. Night at the Roxbury, 98. Austin Powers, 97. When was he born? Uh, 67. 67 to so 98. So 30 years old, yeah. He would have been 30, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's younger than I would have thought. I knew, I, I, that is older than I would have thought. I knew he went to college. Properly went to college. For what? I, I don't know, but he went to USC and like just was like a student and graduated. for Just for like a job? Uh, Yeah. And then I imagine he probably went to like Second City after that or something like that and then got picked up by SNL. Because uh, SNL's nobody's first improv job. Yeah. Can you imagine? Well, because I listened to, um, what is his name? Hey Riddle Riddle by Adderall Five from Hello from the Magic Tavern. And it's just three different improv people from uh, that did Second City together in Chicago. And they like audition for SNL every single year. And they never get it. And they never get it. It's just like one, they're all sitting there going like one day, it's going to be the thing. I think Kevin Hart talks about it on Joe Rogan though. I think when you're a comedian, it's very easy to get caught up in the level that you're at. Yeah. And it can be very hard to advance because Kevin Hart says like, he'll go do comedy clubs in New York City as Kevin Hart, like as Kevin freaking Hart, right? Right. And he'll show up and like the top guy at that comedy club will have it in his head that like, obviously when Kevin Hart walks in, it's it's a different story, but that like nobody that comes into this bar could ever be as funny as, as this guy is because he's got his spot. It's sort of right. the, uh, the, how long have you been in the mailroom? 25 years. You know, these people are, are the best at the level that they're at. So I wouldn't be surprised if somebody from like an, an elite improv group would have a hard time getting into SNL instead of somebody who is new to the game and brought something genuinely fresh. Well, no, like, but that's like the bring... path you take for SNL if you want to just be like a regular cast member as opposed to like somebody they brought in because they were a celebrity. Right. Well, I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe that's been the, the uh, traditional They talk path. at length about like what the SNL process is like. I would love to audition for SNL. I think it would be fun. Oh, I'm sure it would. It'd be, it would be, it would be fun. It would be terrifying. It's got to be like the best job interview ever. I don't know how that would go. I'm sure I would interview with somebody I've never heard of five times before I ever got to somebody that before Kate McKinnon comes into a room and like drops beats on me. <laughs> but it's just like, can you imagine what those interview questions are like? No, I cannot. But that would be a dream come true. Would be to. It's Saturday Night Live. Live from. The greatest city Live in the world. Live from New York. It's Saturday night. That would be a fun job. I get casting call app uh, audition like notifications. Like they they pushed to me on Instagram and Twitter. You talked about this a few months ago, or maybe a year or so ago, that you were getting them, and they've they've getting cycled what? through to Sorry, me. Sorry, I, I had like a million notifications that just popped the up casting right call like app the the people that cast shows for like Broadway and small movies. Like the the the, the app that you go to if you want to audition for things. Oh, yeah. No, I just started getting, like, Instagram, like, story ads for, like, do you want to be in a movie? <laughs> I've been getting those. I've been targeted, and, and obviously, it is just an algorithm hitting me. There's no reason that they would specifically target me. But I also I've don't think getting... that's the best way to, like, bust into your your life, is to be like, here's an ad for an app. Right. <laughs> but the <laughs> one Somebody that sitting they around keep... a casting call waiting for Tyler Carlin to sign up. Right. It's like, I yeah, think I they think would they... just call you. Or send me a direct message like, hey, we think you'd be great at this. Yeah. But the one that keeps showing up for me is like, there's they're recasting the Broadway cast and the traveling cast of Dear Evan Hansen. And I keep being like, I'm just going to do it. What's the worst that could happen? Honestly, I have no expectation to get this part. But they're like auditioning the whole cast. So I don't know. I think it'd be fun to put something together and see what happens. I would imagine nobody would ever even see it. So and that's I don't the know. thing is like things like that are like a lot because then I'm like, oh, man, I should just do this. And they want a, like a lot of things. Oh, they do. They, and I, I'm like, I, I do not have time for this. Right. I don't I don't have time to put and that's how you together. know you're not an actor because actors are like, oh, my God, this is it. Right. <laughs> this is the time. This is 
but I'm, I'm working on this audition for the next six months like I, I don't have six months oh you need me to dance in this part i can't do that i'm sorry no i don't know how to dance darn you it. need me to sing in this part oh i could probably fake my way through the broadway version of singing but definitely not on this stage yeah <laughs> for a, maybe a community theater production i think people would be like oh wow you wow acted so well up there that's how you know your singing's bad you did great sweaty that you get off the stage and they're like i had no idea you could act act <laughs> that well <laughs> uh, uh. but yeah i think that that would be that would be fun i think they they target me because i think their app algorithm is like we are looking for males with five thousand or more followers on instagram who are under 30 and i just hit that demographic yeah and your, and your spotify plays can't hurt i'm sure my spotify plays don't hurt yeah <laughs> this guy listens to a lot of hamilton a lot of hamilton a lot of dear evan hansen a lot of uh, a lot of Broadway in general, honestly. I'll let that playlist run for for like three or four hours before I notice it. I was on a Broadway podcast yesterday. Were you? Tell me more. Well, we tell were, me we recorded more, it. Tell we, me more. We recorded it last Thursday, um, as we're recording now. But it'll have gone up tomorrow as we're recording. But yesterday, as this airs. And what podcast was it? It was uh, sincerely us, uh, the Dear Evan Han- Dear Evan Hansen fancast. It's not a Dear Evan Hansen fancast. It's a casual Broadway fans. Yeah, podcast. with a, with the Dear Evan Hansen ripoff nickname. Her how, name. How I, I think it's a great name. It's it genius. Is. Way better than our name. You know who's got a bad podcast name? Us. Bacon and Eggs Movie Lovers Podcast. Yeah. What were we thinking? But no, I went on uh, to defend Andrew Lloyd Webber's 1986 masterpiece, Phantom of the Opera. There is no Phantom of the Opera. Um, there is. It's it's it, it exists. There are many different recordings. There are. I don't understand. I mean, obviously, I'm just going to listen to the podcast and find out all the feelings, but I can't imagine not liking Phantom. Uh, neither, actually, I can. Neither could I can. Rebecca when she finally actually listened to it. Really? Yeah. I think if... Uh, well, I, I can sort of see it. I can see somebody who is into like now Broadway, like I really love Book of Mormon and Dear Evan Hansen and Hamilton and you know, sort of like that genre. Well, put it this way. Be, have you ever more listened to a, and Waitress and Have you ever listened to stuff. a show that you didn't like? Um, I have a hard time getting it to be more chill. I know that if I saw it, if I paid money to see it, I'd like it because you don't get on Broadway without making something that I would like. But I have a hard time getting it to be more chill. Fair. And I've had a hard time getting into Spring Awakening. And I know, I know for a fact that I would like that. I don't think I would. But I also have a, a fundamental disagreement with the way Spring Awakening set up. I don't think Where you should it? have to see it to get it. That's fair. I think that's a fair assessment. Like, Spring Awakening, the, the music has absolutely nothing to do with what goes on in the story or on stage. What about uh Memphis? Memphis is good. I mean, it's like a musical. Yeah, I really like Memphis. I find, I don't know what it is, the way that the, the musicals are, are made and, and put on to the stage, it is so rare that I see a stage performance of a musical or a play that I don't really like. I guess because of the, the man hours and process that goes into it, like it's got to be really freaking good for it to make it to actually performed in front of me. Yeah. But like... I remember it. Like, well, you could argue the same thing about a movie, though. No, I don't think you can. I think a movie, I think the investment on a movie is a much safer bet. But, like, it should be better 100% of the time. Because you right. have it, you have an unlimited chances to not mess it up. Right. And you have an editing team. And you have cameras that right. you can put whatever like, you if, want. If, if Evan Hansen, like, doesn't deliver a, a line the proper way he's supposed to to give the right emotion, like, he doesn't get another shot at it until next night with a different with audience. With a different audience. And that, I think that's why I... 
That's don't know. what's They're so shocking to me about bad movies is it's like, this is the take you went with? Right. You you had all of that footage and this is what you decided to do. Tell this uh, guy to do this again. Like, right. once but more with feeling. I, I will say, I don't That's know. That's what I, I'm saying I, to Jesse Eisenberg this whole movie is like, hey, can you give me anything? Yeah. Oh, we're talking about Zombieland. Can you give me some emotion, Jesse Eisenberg? And get it, you know, uh, he was perfect for, uh, for uh, what is it, uh, Mark, Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg for that reason. Yeah, he was great for that. Same as uh, with uh, Now You See Me. He's just like the little annoying twerp who doesn't get that he's not the hottest guy in the room. Yeah, I felt like uh, Mark Zuckerberg was like an annoyingly efficient human being. Yeah, and Jesse Eisenberg's just like an emotionless actor. It's also just hard for me to not see him as Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, that, that's because what that I was see. such a great like role, and I love that movie so dearly that like now when I see Mark Zuckerberg, I'm like, that's not what Mark Zuckerberg looks like. So tying together Jesse Eisenberg and the conversation we were just having, do you think I, I think like, Jesse Eisenberg would be a bad Evan Hansen? I oh maybe I think he could probably do it. He's not nervous enough like Ben Platt is. He would uh, be a great uh, Elder Price. No, he would not. Yes, he would. Calculated, like... And I will show you the world what Elder Price is about and share the power inside of me. That's how he would deliver those lines. Andrew Randall's has a great Elder Price. Oh, yeah. The guy that originated the part. Yeah. The guy that originated the part. I'm glad you figured that out. You don't make a good Elder Price. Who's the... Uh, they, oh, my God. The other no, day, no, 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 no. If you, you say can't. Tom Holland, I'm going to throw something through this. No. I, I, I think... Uh, I, I would love watch Tom a, Holland. I would watch a one-man schizophrenic... Uh, Book of Mormon with Tom Hanks, or not Tom Hanks, Tom, Tom Holland. I would watch that. <laughs> Tom Holland playing both Elder Price and Elder Cunningham. Not Skylar Aston, Adam Devine. Adam Devine would make a great Elder Price. I hate that guy. You hate Adam Devine? Is it Devine? You keep saying that. Is that not his name? Is it, is it not Devine? Divine? I don't know. D-E capital V-I-N-E. Is that how it's spelled? Are we talking about the same guy? Yeah. We're, the, the guy from Workaholics? From Perfect. Yeah, the guy from Workaholics. Is it, cap is, is it capital V? Is capital V. Huh. Yeah, I don't like that guy. I love him. It's, it's probably because I hate funny. workaholics more than anything that's ever existed. Why would you watch workaholics? What? Why are you watching workaholics if you don't like it? I mean, I've seen episodes. I have not. I've never seen an episode of workaholics. Well, people kept talking about how great it was, and I was like, okay, I'll check it out. It's not that great. I don't enjoy it. I don't like that kind of humor. Uh, he is in The Righteous Gemstones, which I've watched one episode of, and it was great. He's in Pitch Perfect, and he's in Jexy, which is out Man, right now. Man, if you think God. I've seen Pitch Perfect, boy, howdy. Not only do you like Broadway, and you sung acapella Boy, in I college. was in an acapella group while Pitch Perfect 2 was like in theaters. Yeah, how have you not seen Pitch Perfect? Because it doesn't look good. It's so good. Pitch Perfect and Pitch Perfect 2 mm. are great films. Mm. I'll leave it there, though. I needed, uh, not I needed, I watched well, some movies really bad. Mike and Dave need wedding dates. That was the one. I've seen Mike and Dave need wedding dates more than four times. Really? Yeah. It was okay at best. It was a 37% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's very bad. I'm not a fan. Not a fan. Uh, what was that other movie Zac Efron did around there? Oh, I liked Dirty Grandpa. Dirty Grandpa. Zac Efron and Robert De Niro. Oh, I haven't seen that one. It was funny. It's the like, I mean, it was. it's not good, but it was funny. It's the like, young dude and old dude get forced to go on a road trip together. Yeah, yeah, that's been made a few times. I like, uh... I, I haven't seen all of Neighbors, but what I have seen of it, I did like. Uh, I didn't, was not crazy about it. It was okay. You got a sequel. I mean, that's pretty impressive. It's just, again, it's like, it's not a Seth Rogen character that I love. Anyway, you think Adam Devine would make a good Elder Price? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Man, I was shocked. Uh, I learned the other day that Ben Platt played uh, Elder Cunningham. Like, on the, on the Broadway? Yeah. I would have thought that he was a Price for sure. Yeah, I would have assumed that also. I think Ben Platt... When he played, uh, 
I think that, like, he always acts sort of nervous like that. He doesn't have, like, a confident version of himself. That surprises me. It surprises me also. It would make more sense. Because you, if... you usually got to go through confident to get to nervous. Right. But I don't know. Anyway, I was on a really good episode of Sincerely Us. Came out yesterday. You should go listen to it. They're great people making a great show. Really enjoying it. It was a very, very fun episode to record. Um, And I think I just sang a lot. You sang on the podcast On a the lot? podcast, yeah. Why did you do that? Just random bits. You know, it just happens. Holy crap. He was Elder Cunningham for four years. Sure. Before he was Evan Hansen. Yeah, I figured it was before he was Evan Hansen, bud. I guess I didn't realize Book of Mormon had been out as long as it has. It's like 2010. Yeah. And Andrew Randalls didn't do it that long. Andrew Randalls was never Elder Cunningham. No, but he didn't like do the, like, the, 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 the intro cast didn't do it that long. It's just. 11 but yeah whatever you were close josh gab was doing frozen by that point i know what a frozen and, and beauty and the beast and yeah much you more famous in 2013 than jonathan freaking groff what from hamilton yeah well, jonathan, jonathan groff uh, from spring awakening and glee yes glee not much of glee not much He's of glee like but apparently enough of glee to merit him getting a bigger song than olaf according to broadway fans were you not here you i guess you weren't part of that whole discussion that's why you're on paternity leave wait a minute back up People think Reindeer so are better than people, people is no, a bigger song no, no, no. than In people Summer? Think, people think that Jonathan Groff got gypped because he didn't get a full song, even though he was nobody when Frozen came out. They were like doing him a favor. John, he was... Let me let me tell you my experience with Jonathan Groff in Frozen. I don't have a problem with the fact that he only got reindeer or better than people or whatever it's called. That's fine. I was under the impression going into that movie and honestly for like years afterwards that when Frozen came out that they ran into a problem where they were like, okay, the guy that plays Kristoff can't sing. So we've got to give him like he's got to have a song, but it's got to be just this sort of like Jip song because he can't sing with Adina Menzel, obviously, which wouldn't make any sense. He can't sing with, uh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, Anna. Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell, and he obviously can't sing with Josh Gad, because Josh Gad was in, in uh, he, you know, he was Elder Price. In 27, or 2013, when, when Frozen came out, he really hadn't been in much. He was in Glee for five years, 15 episodes, as Jesse St. James. That's three episodes per season. And only one of those came out, I believe, when they made Frozen. But he's been on stage since 2002. Right, but he was he was the lead in Spring Awakening in 2006, and that was it. Yeah, for three years. Okay. Spring Awakening is a and big show. It was 2006. We're talking about... We're talking about Disney in 2012 casting their new kids movie. He has been in something. He's never not worked. I'm sure he hasn't. That's not my point. He's not Josh Gad. Correct. He's he not was Josh not Josh Gad. Gad. You could argue that his star is burning brighter now because of Hamilton, because he won Tony somehow. I have a problem with, I think he won it. Whatever. He got nominated at least. I have a problem with that. That's a whole different story. He got I did nominated. Not know for, he, had he got nominated for being the one white dude that did anything in that show. Let's see. 2016 Tony Award, Best Featured Actor in a Musical, Hamilton. Nominated, didn't win. Nominated, yeah. He got the nominee because he, uh, yeah, again, was the one, they couldn't, they couldn't not nominate the white guy. I'm sure in 2016, Hamilton won a Tony Award for the same thing. Probably, I don't know. I don't, I don't keep track of what the Tonys were. Then anyway, Josh Gad had just been in the Book of Mormon. Yeah, that's also not like super kid friendly. No, but it was a bigger deal than Spring Awakening ever was. It went to David Diggs, in case you were curious. I'm sure it did. The worst person in the whole, whatever. You don't like David Diggs? He's the Diggs? worst person on that cast album. Oh, I disagree. I don't like him in, on the cast album. I don't like him in Blackish. I'm not a fan. He was the worst guy on the cast album. 
I disagree completely. He does so many good things. He's so he, like, average. His accent changes from the beginning of the show to the end of the act, and then in the second half of the show, he plays a completely different character. Leslie Odom Jr. should have won that award. Leslie Odom Jr. is the best in the show. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and it wasn't named after him, so Lin-Manuel should have won the, the best actor and... Uh, freaking because i don't like how the tonys do it they don't do it like the oscars and the way the oscars does it is better you have an actor and a supporting actor you don't have five people in a show nominated for freaking lead actor lead actor only goes to one person it goes it to one person leslie but they were both nominated leslie odom jr and lynn manuel were both nominated because it's about hamilton then, and fine give give leslie odom jr the best lead actor and then give uh it's the same thing it was it was like green book with marshall ali uh nominating himself for best supporting actor or them putting him down for best supporting actor and he won the oscar I think the way the Oscars do it is better than the way the Tonys do it. One I've lead, one male lead, one female lead per show, one supporting and one female supporting per show. I would say that Cunningham and, and Price are both leads, though. They both got nominated. It's dumb. But they're both leads. It's about both of them. But they're not. There's only one lead. But Finch. Finch is by himself. Yes. Who's the lead actor in Phantom of the Opera? Or lead, lead male. The Phantom. The Phantom himself? Yeah. Hundo P. Anyway, I was thought sincerely us. Uh, we did not talk about um, Jonathan Groff or how creepy he is in Mindhunter. In what? In Mindhunter. I don't think I've ever heard of that. Um, well, you might be the only white person who hasn't. Like that, people understood what I meant. Just, just going to have to trust me on that one. It's a Netflix TV show. It's very good. It's like a true Night. crime podcast, but like a TV show. Oh. Been out since 2017, it looks like. Two seasons. Nominated for a bunch of stuff. Satellite Awards gave Best Actor in a Drama to Jonathan Groff. Yeah, he's just unsettling in a way that I don't think fits the role. But anyway, I, he, I'm sure he's a very good singer. I'm sure he will get a bigger song in uh, freaking Frozen 2. I have no idea, though. I can't say that for sure. But he was not as big of a deal in 2013 as Josh Gad was. That's all I'm saying. That's all I've ever been saying about this topic. All listeners. I'm saying is you've got somebody with Broadway chops from 2002 in your 2013 film. Maybe give him a little bit longer of a song. I'm not saying he has to have a better song than in Summer. Now, if, if you want to if you wanna argue between Jonathan Groff and Santino Fontana, that one I get. Well, Santino, is that uh, he's Hans. Hans. Yeah, give give John. He, he was uh, he was Billy Elliot's dad on Broadway, and then he's pretty much only done revivals since then. Jonathan Groff was uh, Finch. Was he? Yeah, really. Twenty fifteen. Yeah, I'd listen to that cast album. I thought it was just the three of them. It was revived again in twenty fifteen. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, I, I don't know. It was at least on on stage in 2015. I don't know if it was like a, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Nick Jonas, not a great choice for that show. No, you don't think so? How to advance from the mail room. <laughs> he just doesn't like enunciate his words at all, which is what Broadway is like good at. Okay. So it was revived for 2011, 2012. Uh, and Finch was those three was uh Dan Dana Radcliffe, Radcliffe Nick Jonas uh, and Darren Chris. Yeah. And then it looks like there was there was a like in 2015 there was a performance of it. Oh, I was going to say <laughs> Jonathan Groff would probably make a very good Finch. He's got the right sort of thing for it. That Genesis quoi. Genesis said what? She said quoi. Oh, it was West End, that's why. Ah. That's uh that is why it's not. Yep. But in 2015 he also did King George. So All right, let's bring it back to Z Zombo Land for a minute. Zootopia. So, I just feel like What? <laughs> Jonathan Groff is in Zootopia? No, you said bring it back to Zootopia for a minute. I said Zombieland. You yeah, said Zootopia. Zootopia. Okay. Uh, you the, just you really confused me. I was like, who the heck was Jonathan Groff in Zootopia? He was uh he played the, the 
the steer or whatever, the police chief. No, that was Idris Elba. No, I think that was Jonathan Groff. That would have been if if Jonathan Groff from Frozen was also in Zootopia. That would like make for more connections between those two lines. People would have figured that one out. Which two lines? The 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 Duke of Weaseltown thing. Just Google it or ask your brothers. I'm not gonna explain this to you. No, I know what you're talking about. Where Alan Tudyk keeps playing the Duke of Weselton. Right, and then uh, in Zootopia. The, 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 the guy is like the mayor of Weaseltown or whatever. Yeah, it's it's like the weasel thing still. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I get that. But there would have been more to pull that together if Jonathan Groff was in both of those movies. Yeah. Give me more Jonathan Groff. Anyway. Uh, we heart Groff sauce here. Zootopia. <laughs> we heart Groff sauce. Uh, Zootopia, we get back to that. No, Zombieland. Early in the film, they were like spouting exposition about like, this is how we ended up with zombies. And it's been crazy since the zombies took over. Uh, and they zoom out and the planet is like very small. Yeah, I don't think that's supposed to be the actual planet. I wanted it to be the actual planet. I thought it made sense where they kept being like, oh, you go west, they say it's go east, they go east, they say it's go west. Really, there's nowhere that's actually zombie free. I would have thought it would have been cool to just tie it together a little bit in that, like, we actually are on this tiny planet. I don't know. I thought there was something there. But the whole go west, go east thing is like, uh, it's not It's not supposed to be a thing. It's like a commentary. What? That the answer is? Yeah, the answer's somewhere else. You're never going to- Right. You, the, the you grass go west, is you're not going to find the answer. You can go east, you're not going to find the answer. He says, right. out west, they say it's back east. Out east, they say it's out west. Right. It's the American dream. The grass is always greener. Right. right. All those American euphemisms are always- Someone once told me the grass is much greener. On the other side. <laughs> I paid a visit. And it's possible, and it's possible I, missed I missed it. it. It's different, it's different but yeah, exactly, exactly the same. Exactly. notice. Two the notice. My grass is green. My grass is green. Nope, that's the wrong line. I'm in between. Yeah, I'm in between. From where I'm standing, I'm in between. As, As told, told by, by Ginger. Ginger. Yeah, classic. That, that, that was a that was a Nickelodeon show that scared me. There's scared an episode you. of that show. Oh yeah, the, the, have you Google As Told by oh, Ginger? Man, they, the, they, they just looked like kids. They look like blobs. Yeah, but that's how <laughs> things looked back then. Uh, there's an episode of Us Told by Ginger where the little brother like gets a prosthetic chin and it's like he, he talks like the whole episode about his jawline and how important it is to him. And it has made me self-conscious about having a round jaw. This is an episode of Us Told by Ginger where she plays triangle in the marching band and messes it up. <laughs> uh, you know how I know you can't mess up marching man? Because uh, it's it's not a sport. Because, well, that's the truth. But, because <laughs> I was going to say, because nobody's watching. But, <laughs> my, here's, okay, I have a new question about Marching Man. I did Marching Man for five years. I loved the crap out of it. I really genuinely did. And I I think it's such a great thing for high schoolers to do, especially if you're looking to make friends. It's a thing where a lot of people are. Sometimes people are kind of mean in Marching Man because they're not the most socially adept. At least that was the case in our school. Anyway, uh, what angle are you supposed is the optimal angle to watch a marching band show from? Ah, uh, like the nosebleeds. The nosebleeds? Like, like the back of a high school riser. Is it? Yeah. And where is the optimal place to sit for the sound? Uh, anywhere on the side that they're pointing at. <laughs> Right. <laughs> if I've learned anything from like going to Virginia Tech football games, anywhere on the side they're pointing at. If the, uh, that was one thing that I did not understand. Because like in high in, school, it was never a question. But in college, it's like you have four sides that are covered in people. 
And then you never have people facing all four sides at the same time. I don't know. It's like Virginia Tech has a, a halfway decent marching band. Like they do their thing and whatever. And they, they you know, the marching Virginians are 330 strong, whatever. They got a pretty halfway decent sound. But like I remember the time that Ohio State came to town and they did pregame and like Virginia Tech let them do their thing. They made the script Ohio and they played the songs and everything. And I was like, man, everyone else does marching band wrong. This is how it should be. This is how it should be. The the drum major doesn't lead the band. He's like a very accomplished baton twirler (laughs) who has a big staff and a big poofy hat. And he's doing things that baton twirlers at other schools have never even thought was possible. (laughs) He or she. Yes, he or she. Yeah, I don't know. I know that I never watched the drum major in high school band. That's for sure. No, I listened to the drums. I listened to the drums. That's exactly what I did. It's also what I did in class. <laughs> it's also what I do like when I'm playing with my band. If I can hear the drummer, I'm good. I know yeah. how the song goes. <laughs> I felt bad about it. I always felt like, yeah, you're up there conducting, but why? He, well, the, 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 <laughs> the, the, direct, the band the drum major is conducting the drummer. That's why he's called the drum major. Yeah, well, the band director would tell us to watch the drum major. And then he would get mad at me when I play out the side of my mouth. So I don't, I, what do you want, man? What do you, don't put me on the 30 yard line. I don't know what you want. Yeah. <laughs> so you had a toothpaste and orange juice. Let's, what was it? Um, oh, I've got it. So, <laughs> so Ethan, I've got a toothpaste and orange juice and I'm just going to come right out and say it. I hate the iPhone ringtones. Okay. I absolutely hate them. When, when my phone wakes me up in the morning, not only is it playing some terrible, like, which is not what it sounds like, but that's kind of what it sounds like, is, is it's also, you go to look at the phone, and this has been my problem with alarm clocks for the past 40 years. You go to look at the phone, and the snooze button is the size of the whole screen, and the turn the alarm off button is, like, the size of my thumbprint. And I'm blind, Ethan. I can't just see the phone from my bed. And I'm also, like, not even a little bit coordinated in the middle of the morning, so I inevitably end up snoozing it, thinking I cut it off, and then it goes off again because, you know, I fell back to sleep. So, like, good work, snooze button. And now I have to hear this stupid... I wake up to the ringtone. To opening. Yeah, that's my ringtone. It's also my alarm noise. People are like, doesn't that stress you out? And I'm like, yes. Yes, it stresses me out. That's the point of an alarm. It's supposed to be, wait for it, alarming. But when an alarm goes off, when I hear like my iPhone ringtone go off in public, it's like it's like shivers down oh, my yeah, spine. It's like but, my, my heart stops because it means the, I need to wake up for school. Right. Because but I've the, been using the same alarm tone since I got my iPhone in 2013. But the, 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 to get worse than that, Ethan, you know what's the only thing worse than iPhone ringtones? Um... Uh, what? Anyone else's ringtones. If you don't have an iPhone, oh, yeah, and your like phone when you, when off- you, when you like download a ringtone or whatever, you, God forbid, you have one of the Androids, it's like, whatever it goes like. <laughs> I have no idea what it goes and like. And it's like so what blown out through the horrible speakers in a, <laughs> you know, Samsung Galaxy S1. <laughs> but they even Somehow sound still bad. On the Honda Civic of phones, nobody wants to look at it, nobody wants to hear your muffler, but it's still on the road. Good for you <laughs> and your 159 million miles on it. Just drives me crazy. And also, if your phone vibrate is louder than an iPhone vibrate, I can't be near you. Here's what I don't get, man. Okay, I do want to come back to the, to the, to the, to the, to the, uh, the alarm thing, because I would love to uh, take this opportunity to complain about the way my girlfriend sets her alarms. Um, but I don't understand 
people that brag about how long they've had their phone and use it as some kind of like point of pride against other people. So it's like I got I'm, I got the new iPhone 11 Pro Max, right? Because like I get a new iPhone every year. It's part of my contract. Whatever. Um cool. Anybody can set that up with any phone carrier. It's not hard. You just ask. But right. I, I I show people other like, "Oh, you got that new iPhone? I got an iPhone 4. I've had it since 2011." <laughs> <laughs> I had the first iPhone they had on Verizon. I'm like, cool. And they're like, man, I never would have needed another phone if I could have still used my iPod Touch and called people on it. Then I would do that instead. I'm like, awesome, man. I take Mine takes really good pictures. And it calls people over Wi-Fi. I think my phone does that. I have an iPhone 8 Plus. Yeah, that's fine. That's like a year and a half old. I think the, the You're not one of these people. I'm not complaining at you. I know, I'm complaining I know. about people that still have an iPhone 6. And they're like, I would never get rid of my iPhone 6. It's like, yeah. it. if you're cheap or whatever, fine. You kept a phone alive. Awesome. Good for you. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, man, because I don't. Because I just get a new phone every year. But let me tell you about when when I upgraded to the iPhone 8, I was coming from, a, I think, a 5. And it was the first time where I upgraded to a phone that since I got it, I haven't felt a need to upgrade. Like the camera when I got it was good enough that the new technology that comes out is like beyond what I would expect a phone to do. No, I, that's not to say I don't want it. I do want it. But the camera in this was so good that when they upgraded it, they were like, we're going to make portrait mode better. You know, they're not like making take regular butt pictures better. They're right. making take artisan pictures better. Right. I feel like my selfies and my pictures of my children and everything, or my child and wife and everything, they all look fine. And I can take a selfie right now, and it looks like a totally normal selfie. It's a high-quality photo. So, a little grainy. I felt like this camera was, uh, uh, the iPhone 8 camera could still use a little love. I mean, the, like selfie, a, the selfie camera on the uh, 11 Pro Max is still not up to my specifications. Yeah, I, I I've I never once think... looked at, like, the selfie camera on any of these iPhones have been like, even before I did photography, I've never been like, oh, that's an acceptable front camera. Yeah, I do feel like they're uh, they're skimping on their front camera game. Because it's like you don't use those for much. I mean, I use it for selfies. I mean, but I, think, I, also I don't... think iPhone is actively discouraging people from like posting selfies on Instagram. It should be. Selfies are like weird they're photos bad. to they're post. They're bad pictures. But no, I had an iPhone 5S um, and that got recalled for some battery problem after like a year. Not even quite a year. It started like burning my hands and I went in there and they were like, oh yeah, this is under recall. Um, gotcha covered. Yeah, we got you covered. They gave me a 6 Plus. I had the 6 Plus for like a year and a half and the battery just like I was so hard on it the battery just collapsed so i got a seven and then i got and the set the battery on that seven died within a month and they gave me another one and they gave me another one and i was like you know what I, I'm, I'm done with this <laughs> we're gonna try something else yeah I, I i'm gonna get the x and then i had the xs max and now i have the 11 pro max and i love it but anyway alarms for the longest time uh when i started dating kate she would use the like mm, alarm noise wrong alarm to it's wake up in alarm. the morning and, and the problem was it stopped waking her up. It's like, I'm awake and afraid. And she's just like. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, <laughs> hey, can you turn your freaking phone alarm off? I don't have to be in class for four hours. Go home. Go away. Go away with your phone alarm. But now she uses the like the bedtime feature, which is worse. Um, Because again, it like it's it's just like a. And it just gets louder and louder and louder and louder as time goes on. There's like birds chirping in the background, but like it doesn't wake her up for like four and a half minutes. So I'm sitting there like, shut your birds up! Stop with the bird noises! I didn't and know there just, was a she's just bedtime sleeping. feature. Yeah, if you go in, if you go into your alarm, it's like you set it. Um, 
bedtime or whatever, and it'll pick. It'll like soft wake you up or whatever. It's supposed to be like a more calming way to wake up. Whereas I just wake up to the and it frightens me, which is what an alarm's supposed to do. Who's calling? Who's who's calling me? <laughs> I have a lot of uh because I I you know sometimes I snooze my alarm and if you hit I still don't really know which button does it, but if you hit either the volume button or the lock button, it will snooze the um the alarm. But usually what I do first is take a screenshot of my alarm screen. <laughs> <laughs> because I hit because on the on the on the 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 swipey iPhones, uh, the screenshot is up volume and um, lock. Yes, and so I have a lot of screenshots <laughs> of like eight forty two a.m., eight forty nine a.m. Why is? Can you explain this to me without googling it? Because I, I really don't want a googled answer. I want someone to know this answer. The why is snooze nine minutes? Me. Why snooze is nine minutes? No idea. I imagine it's just like a leftover feature from like analog clocks. That was sort of the way it had to work. No, it can't possibly be that because I, well, I guess it wasn't analog. It was digital, but I had a digital clock for, you know, the first 18 years or so of my life and you could set how long the snooze was. So it's obviously not like a complicated feature, right? My, my clock that could show numbers could do it. I mean, do you show want me numbers. to, do you want me to tell you the answer? No, I, I don't want to know. Okay. I want to know. Tell me the answer. Um, first of all, you can change the snooze time. Since when? Uh, I don't know. Since That's 2018. New. I've Googled this feature prior to 2018. Um, in case you're wondering, old school mechanical clocks had physical restraints to preventing them from using two minutes as the snooze time. So nine minutes was set as the default since 11 minutes didn't seem punctual enough. Why not 10? In case you're wondering, old school mechanical clocks had physical restraints that prevented them from using 10 minutes as the snooze time. So nine minutes was set as the default since 11 minutes didn't seem punctual enough. You said two originally. I said 10. I think when you go back and edit it, you're going to be like, oh, I did say two. Look at that. Um, I don't think so. And if I did, I'm just going to put 10 in there and make me sound smart. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, snoozing. Yep. I, I snooze my alarm all the time. This has been a bad, bad, bad habit of mine. Cause like when I worked at, at state farm, I would go to, especially when I was working in Yorktown and also living in Yorktown. Like I lived on the same block as my office, basically. Um, mm -hmm. I like, I, I would go to work at 10 o'clock, which means I needed to leave my house at nine 55. And like, right. it, 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 I realized at some point when I was living in port that I was just like, I was waking up at 9.30 and going to work at 9.55 and getting off at like six. That's just not a day. So at some point I started waking up, I would set my alarm for like, oh, I gotta be at work at 10. I'm gonna wake up at six. I set my alarm for six and like snooze for like 30, 45 minutes and then get up and still have like three hours. Yeah. And so now I've just gotten in this bad habit of like, I gotta snooze, man. That's my favorite time of day. Oh, snooze is a very satisfying feeling. Oh my God. I I set my alarms for two hours before I have to be at work. So most days I have to be at work at 1030. My alarms are set for 830, which is like later than I would honestly like it to be. I would much prefer to wake up at like six or 630 and like work out and then maybe nap and shower and go to work. Uh, but when you have an infant, it's uh, it's not really an option. Uh, yeah. You gotta have to do what they tell you. I used to like get <laughs> up at like 645 and I would edit the show from the night before. That's amazing. Before, like before I went to work, that was the most satisfying experience because I get home and I'm like, I don't have to do anything. I could just go to bed. <laughs> yeah, sure. Do you, you're, you're like a single Roman traveling man. What time do you go to bed? Uh, like midnight. Okay. That's, that's earlier. Usually that's when the old body clock is like, yeah, it's bedtime, bud. The first, the first couple days of going on tour are rough. And the first couple days getting back from tour are rough. Cause your body clock shifts like 3 a.m. Yeah, because it's like, oh, I'm going to bed at 3 a.m., waking up at like 8 or 9, getting up and doing things. And then, uh, you know, I'm not used to that when I go to sleep at, 
at midnight, but then I get home and I'm like, it's 3 a.m. Ready to go. Let's keep going. Yeah, I just got no, used I to know, this. Because we'll hang out shortly after you get back from tour and I'll be like, okay, 1130. It's time for people to leave and for me to go to bed. And you'll always be like, why? We're all hanging out having fun. I didn't say that at all, ever. Yeah, you were. It's happened before where you're always, where, where I feel like you're like, it's a little early to be turning in and I'll feel like it is later than I thought it was. I mean, because you kind of do this thing where you, you, you suddenly look up and you're like, why are there people in my house they got to go now and it, get, it doesn't matter what time of day it is i hate that attitude so much from any like host i definitely don't try to do that i don't i would in, in a perfect world i would just say i'm going to bed feel free to hang out as long as you want but i don't think that's an appropriate response it's not even that but, it's just like a just like a like set an expectation and then just like talk to people don't just be like all right well time for y'all to get out of my house <laughs> i don't think i do that it's kind of how it feels. No, I don't think it is. But either way, uh, like but, I, uh, hanging out till midnight on a weekend is not irregular. That that seems late to me. It's a weekend. So I still have to go to work on Monday. This is only two days, not two days worth and messing were, my body you know clock what? over. And you were probably late getting to whatever thing we're at. What thing we're at? Oh, well, whatever yeah, I have an doing. infant. There Before you a, had the infant, bud. Yeah, but now I have an excuse, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, You're the one that brought this up. You came for my neck. I'm not coming for your neck. I don't mind that you want to continue hanging out. I just, I'm commenting that when it happens, I'm always like, oh, Ethan lives a very different lifestyle than me. Yeah. He's able to stay up much later. And I don't want to kick people out. And then what I was going to say is I get antsy, and you know this, you've known this about me for a long time. I get antsy in a restaurant when I'm done eating. I like have to leave. Yeah, I cannot. It's really annoying. I cannot it's your worst just feature. sit there. It is not my worst feature. It's one of them. I would call it a bug. <laughs> it's It definitely, definitely gets me. I'll finish eating. I'll be like, okay, time to go. Yeah, other people like don't even, other people aren't done because you eat really fast. No, even if, I, I'll make sure everybody's done. That's but not I true. Maybe in a group, but when it used to just be you and me. Yeah, I, I, I can tell. You would just start like, the, the table starts shaking from your legs shaking. <laughs> I can't help it. I don't know why I'm I have like, to go. I'm eating my wings, man. These <laughs> just, take a while. I got to get out, man. I got to. We've been here too long. They're watching us. They're judging us. They need They need this table for the next person. And you know what's crazy is like when I was a server, I didn't think about that at all. If somebody sat at one of my tables three or four hours, whatever. Don't care. Yeah. I'll visit you every 20 minutes and give you a drink and we're set. I've done, I think yeah, because, I've done plenty of the like. I'm in a drink four cups of coffee in this coffee house thing right <laughs> like i'm 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 i brought chargers i'm settled in like i'm in i'm, I'm, I'm gonna in. be here for a while if you want me to pay you for that time just tell me that yeah i i walked in here with my charger my laptop has an eight hour charge i want you to think about that for a minute oh well i mean let, pff, my laptop gets below 70 percent oh it's time to charge it's dead yeah, yeah it's, it's dead, dead. <laughs> i don't even have my a laptop, laptop anymore throw it out the window get a new one my laptop also does not have an eight hour charge my laptop at best has 90 minutes oh the battery on my macbook is fit i used my macbook in the last tour i went on because um i realized at some point that the surface while it's like great for photo editing and stuff it's the worst possible laptop for working on in a van because you Why? need it doesn't stand up on its own it has a stand built in right but that stand is then like digging into my legs oh it's just not like a comfy it's 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 the surface is i mean it's a tablet it's not a laptop but it's definitely like not a laptop it's like a tabletop 
Yeah, I, I know that uh, I'm very bad at working on, on laptops, computers, the like in any sort of moving vehicle. I, I get very easily motion sick in the backseat of anything uh, if I look at my phone for too long. So the thought so, of like editing a photo or a video well, in I a got, moving vehicle. I got vehicle. very fortunate on this last tour that um, the band that I was shooting for usually played like second out of four. So I'd have time to like do the edit before we left usually. And oh, a lot of venue good. Wi-Fi too, which was great. So that was very fortunate. But if I'm doing a van edit, the, uh, the, the, the MacBook is more ideal because it stands up on its own you you have a mouse what do you use a mouse no really yeah impossible um well the surface is nice because i could like drag the sliders with the pen yeah the surface is an amazing product for sure it's great for for photo editing and stuff um they need to work out a good um like adobe has some problems with its apps on the surface though i'll tell you the the surface i really liked when i was in college because i could click the pen and open notes and take the best notes in the world because you could lean on it you can't lean on anything else with their stylus. Oh, yes, you can. Can you? I have no idea. Oh, man. There's nothing better than the uh, the new iPad and the Apple Pencil. I cannot. I, th- this is going to sound very boomer and very, like, techie of me. I cannot imagine spending iPad money on an iPad. Uh, mine was a gift, and then I bought the Apple Pencil for myself. And I felt dumb paying $100 for a stylus, but it is totally worth it. I need to learn to draw now. I have a Wacom tablet, and it came with a software disc, which I have. And it came with a code, which yeah. I don't have. I need a Wacom tablet so bad. I have a Wacom tablet. I would give it to you, but I don't have the code. And if I had the code, I would use it. What do you need the code for? To like activate the software. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I'll probably just get one. But it's like I've only been doing Photoshop's like real Photoshop stuff for about a week. And like, it's just not necessary for Lightroom. No, no. But like a Wacom tablet would really help me with Photoshop because I'm left handed and mouses are not. You can. I mean, not this mouse obviously isn't, but you can you can make a pretty standard mouse left handed. Yeah, but, like, I don't think that I could train my brain to work a computer like that. Oh, so you, you've always used a mouse in the right hand. Yeah, I've always used a mouse in the right hand. It never occurred to me until yesterday that you could do it the other way. With this mouse, you could not. It is. It has well, a And also, like, the hole. keyboard is designed for, like, that kind of thing. Like, I'm too used to play... I mean, I don't play that many video games on my computer, but I'm, I'm used to playing video games enough on my computer that, like, the WASD and the mouse thing is, like, I'm good, I'm good with that. When I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like brush paint stuff in Photoshop with my mouse hand, doesn't go well. The Apple Pencil is just a really nice thing to hold, especially the second generation because it it has like a more pencil-y feel. I really like the Surface Pen. Uh, the Surface Pen pen feels cheap, at least in the new ones. I'm sure it did. And there's the, the iPad right? has a way there, better there was... screen than the Surface. Like to to tap on with a to like use a stylus on the iPad screen is so much nicer. Really? See, I thought the surface was nicer because when I wrote on it, I, of course I've never had the Apple pencil or iPad, but I really liked it when I wrote on it, it had like some resistance to it. The Apple, I mean, the iPad is like glass. Yeah. I feel and the like you just slide like all a, over a, it. Yeah, but it's nice. The surface is like a laptop screen. Whereas like the iPad is like a, it's like a retina display. I mean, they're, they're just better. Oh, I'm sure it they're is. They're just better. The, the retina displays are better in every way. Like, oh I, my I, gosh, yeah. Ethan, it's wrap time. We are past wrap time. Yeah, I know. Let's uh, let's wrap real quick then. Because we got to get to the uh, the hash browns. I'm extremely excited about the Same. hash browns this week. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know this, uh, I know we talked about it right at the start, but this week on the hash browns, we're going over tips and tricks on, on podcasting, uh, you know, how to get started, how to get going. We asked our patrons to ask questions on our Discord server, uh, and then we'll be going over the answers on our uh uh hash browns episode um we're obviously not perfect but it'll tell you how we do it and i think we've we've done pretty well here on this podcast yeah where's this going the big board we've achieved i don't think this is better than 10 things i hate about you it may be better than it's almost certainly better than she's i'm not putting it below she's the man okay it's better than she's the man but as far as films from the venom director it's pretty terrible it's better Better than than venom Venom. it's better than venom (laughs) 
I really enjoy this movie. I like this movie a lot. Um, okay. If it was a breakfast food, what would it be? Ooh, this one I feel like can be pretty good. Probably like deep fried Twinkies. There you go. Wouldn't eat that for breakfast, but sure. I wouldn't eat Apocalypse. Um, cool. Um, whatever. Social medias and everything are in the description below. Our graphics are by Vaishan Brandon, and our uh, music is by Andrew Scott Bell. They both do fantastic work. Uh, I can't wait to see Vaishan this weekend. Very excited. Right? He's coming to Homecoming. Yeah, he's definitely coming to Homecoming. Excited to see Vaishan. As am I. As am I. I'm also very excited about our syringes. Yes. Which will cause the apocalypse. Anyway, we're going to go record the hash browns now. Um, I'm Ethan Edchill, and he's Tyler Carlin. Until next week, Arrivederci. Andrew Scott Bell.